Closing out 2021 with a strange little story here. Uh, I know the last couple of weeks have been really intense and really dark, and we're going to go in a completely different direction, right? We have not talked about aliens in a while, but we're going to do it this week with the strange and really hard to explain story of Barney and Betty Hill. It's our weird world. Our weird world. Welcome to Our Weird World. I'm your host, John Henson. And this week, looking at the story of Barney and Betty Hill, uh, just, a, just a really strange, potentially uh, alien abduction story. Um, not really, you know, you'll see as we get into it, but just just a really difficult to explain. I mean, they they are convinced that they were abducted by aliens based on what they remembered, but... The things that they remembered were the the way that they, I, I guess, tapped into those memories uh, is a little sketchy. So um, we'll cover it. We'll cover the whole story and then we'll figure out uh, or let, I'll let you figure out what really happened. All right. Let's jump into story time. <laughs> Our story begins on the night of September 19th, 1961, as Barney and Betty Hill were driving through Lancaster, New Hampshire, uh, on their way to their home in Portsmouth, Maine. Uh, They were coming back from a vacation in Montreal, Canada. Um, I've been through, driven through Lancaster, New Hampshire. Uh, It's out there. It's pretty rural. One of those classic, quaint New England towns, uh, just kind of nestled among the hills and the valleys there in uh I, I think it's on the western more on the western side of new hampshire kind of in the middle uh in terms of like north south but um yeah just uh you know new hampshire new hampshire was weird like i drove through it um when i was writing shift the perspective and i just man there's a lot of weird vibes coming from like vermont and new hampshire um I don't know what it was, but just the whole time I just, there was just this weird energy in that state. Um, and really, really didn't shake it, uh, until I got to Portsmouth, Maine, not Portsmouth, Maine, Portland, Maine. Um, so like, I mean, just Vermont, New Hampshire, like rural Western Maine, um, even like upstate New York, uh, once you get like up past like Saratoga up into the Adirondacks, just weird energy, man. Just it's, it's just weird. That's all. It's the only way I can explain it. Um, but they, anyway, back to the story. Um, as they as uh, Barney and Betty Hill, they're driving through uh, the rural countryside south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, um, in the middle of the night. Betty saw this bright light from kind of just below the moon start moving upward and then to the west and like she initially thought it was a shooting star but she didn't understand why it was moving up instead of down because like normally if you've ever seen a shooting star they they go kind of towards the horizon this light was moving away from it um and by the time the hills had reached the tiny town of twin mountain which about 20 miles south of lancaster um 
the light had gotten even bigger and brighter. And so at this point, um, Betty, you know, she doesn't really think that there's anything super weird going on. So she, but she asked Barney to pull over so they could walk their dog for a little bit and just get a closer look at it. It was just really intriguing at this point. Um, Betty grabbed the binoculars from the back of the car and realized that this light was an aircraft with several different multicolored lights. Um, and Barney logically, I think, thought that she was just looking at a commercial plane flying from probably like Boston to Montreal. But then this aircraft started descending in their direction. And when they finally realized like, hey, this thing is coming like right at them, the hills jumped back into the car and sped away. Um, They drove down this highway and they came to the end of a gorge in the middle of the White Mountains. And at that point, this aircraft rapidly began to really come at them. Um, descend down in their direction and actually eventually came to a stop over the highway in front of them. Uh, Barney slammed on the brakes, stopped in the middle of the road, and they were just like looking at this aircraft that was hovering like roughly a hundred feet in the air above their car, like just a few hundred yards away in front of them on the highway. Um, Barney, he's being an old manly man here, grabs his pistol, gets out of the car and he walk, starts walking towards this mysterious aircraft, which, I guess, ballsy move. I don't know if I would do that in that situation. I'd probably be pretty freaked out. Um, he also took the binoculars from Betty, and he looked up into the craft, and he says he saw as many as 11 different humanoid figures wearing like these glossy black robes and hats, almost like anti-KKK or something, which that'll make sense in a second. Um, and looking back at him through the, the these this aircraft's windows. Um, all at once, all of a sudden here, all but one of those figures moved to kind of the back wall of the room they were in, while one remaining figure stayed in position staring at Barney right at the front of the window. Um, all of a sudden Barney hears this voice coming from the aircraft, talking to him telepathically. And it says, stay where you are and keep looking. Uh, so he did. And Barney watched as these wing like fins and red lights began extending out from the sides of the aircraft. And then another sort of long structure appeared from the bottom. And at that point, the craft started to get lower and closer until it was about 300 feet away and only about 50 feet above him. And at that point, finally, Barney freaked out and sprinted back to his car. Um, Betty, she's already lost it. She's screaming, they're going to capture us. And Barney's just booking it back down the highway. Um, But the craft followed behind them, kept up. Um, Betty, for some reason, then decided to roll down the window and look up to see if the uh, aircraft was gaining on them. Uh, and it was. And at that moment, once she stuck her head out the window, the hills began to hear like these weird buzzing and beeping sounds, which became so intense that it felt like these vibrations were just bouncing in waves off the trunk of their car. Sounded like they had just a nice fat subwoofer. And just, they've got some hip-hop going, which wouldn't even be invented for like another 20 years or something. But they, it just, just, boom, 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 boom,
I don't know if that translates to your car's base stereo. It'd be fun if it did, though. Um, the The entire car was vibrating, and then this tingling sensation overcame both of their bodies before they both dropped into this dulled state of consciousness. And then after a, a second round of this buzzing and beeping, the hills then returned back to like their normal lucid state. And that's when they realized they were 35 miles south of where they thought they were. Um, so there's just this whole like 35 mile stretch where they, they don't remember anything. And like, I mean, I get it. Like, have you have it? I mean, I, it's happened to me a ton of times. Just like you ever been just driving down a highway. All right. And <laughs> listening to music, listen to podcasts, whatever. And all of a sudden you look up and you're like, whoa, how did I get here? Weren't there like stoplights along the way? Did I run like a bunch of red lights? Like it happens to me all the time. Um, when the Hills arrived home back in Maine a few hours later, uh, they, they were just feeling all of these weird sensations that they just could not explain. Um, both of their watches were broken. The toes on Barney's shoes had scrapes on them that he had never noticed before. Betty's dress had a tear in it that was not there the day before. Um, they looked out at the car and there was these like shiny little circles that were engraved into the trunk. Just a ton of them, just small little circles. Um, when they held up a, a compass to them, the needle just kept spinning around in all directions. It did not settle. Um, and then when they moved it away, the needle just basically dropped dead. Uh, Betty also noticed that there was this weird pink powder on her dress that um, once she took it outside and hung it on the clothesline, it just kind of fell off and drifted into the wind. Um, at that point, both of them took like really long showers, maybe together. Hey, giggity. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> they both took really long showers in an attempt to just wash off any kind of contamination that they thought they had. Um, and obviously like neither one of them were like entirely sure what had happened. Like they both had really vague memories of the night before, but they could not completely reconstruct the timeline of events, especially after they started hearing that buzzing. So the next day, Betty called nearby Peace Air Force Base and reported the event, although like she didn't really tell the entire story out of fear of just being called crazy. And I totally get that, you know, like that's a weird phone call to make where it's just like, hey, um, we got chased by a UFO last night and then we heard some buzzing and then we woke up and now like I was covered in this pink dust but it's gone now. Um, our car has some scratches on it and the compass acts weird. I don't know what happened. Uh-huh. Sure. Sounds believable. Um, a day later, Major Paul W. Henderson called Betty back from the Air Force uh, and asked if he could conduct a more in-depth interview because this had really gotten their attention. Um, Henderson's report was published on uh, September 26th. Um, this is basically like a week after this happened. Um <clears throat> And I have lost my spot. Here we go. Uh, yeah, his report was published a week later on September 26th and concluded that the Hills had simply just misidentified the planet Jupiter, which, like, I've looked at Jupiter. Uh, you can see it in space, visible to the naked eye. I mean, it looks like a star. Um, based on my experience, I've never seen Jupiter move. 
like noticeably move in the sky. Uh, I've never seen it like come up close and start chasing me or anything like that. But Henderson uh, sent his report to the Project Blue Book team, which was uh, the government's official UFO investigation task force that absolutely 100% existed. There was like three versions of this. Um, And he sent it over to them because the government had an investigative team set up to look into all of the UFO sightings that were going on during the, the 60s. And they just, he recommended they close the investigation. But Betty wasn't convinced as no one should be like you got to be pretty stupid to look at a tiny planet in the sky and think that you're being harassed by aliens like there's a really big leap to make um she went down to the public library and found a ufo book written by retired marine corps major donald e kehoe and betty decided to write a letter to him providing all of the details this time that she hadn't given to Henderson. And that's, and I actually forgot about that. Like, so I don't know what she told Henderson, but like her story made him think, Oh, she probably just saw Jupiter women, right? <laughs> His broads be pretty stupid and close the investigation. But she told the, the whole story this time uh, to Kehoe and uh, Kehoe then sent Betty's letter to Walter Webb, who was an astronomer in Boston, who then met with the Hills a month later for an interview. After about six hours of questioning, uh, Webb concluded that the Hills were absolutely telling the truth about everything they had experienced. Um, And he decided that um, he was going to interview him again. And at that point, he realized like they could not account for three whole hours during the night of the incident. And uh, this is a phenomenon that ufologists refer to as missing time, which, if we're being honest, is just a concept that they made up to explain how aliens abduct people. And then return them to the exact same spot an indeterminate amount of time later after they like probed your butthole or something. I don't know. Um, no, apparently a lot of people experience this whole missing time phenomenon and it's always kind of related to alien abduction stories. Well, on January 4th, 1964, the Hills began visiting with Dr. Ben or well, I don't know. He wasn't a doctor, but he, a man named Benjamin Simon in Boston who began hypnotizing the couple in an attempt to help them remember all of the details Uh, from that night in New Hampshire, especially those three hours that they couldn't account for. Uh, Six months later, once the sessions were over, Simon concluded that Barney's recollection of the events were just inspired by these random dreams that Betty had been having that involved her being abducted and probed by aliens. So now we're, we're getting into some more details coming out that maybe Betty had just been having weird dreams. I don't know where she would have gotten, you know, these ideas, but she's been dreaming that aliens abducted her and probed her. And she told her husband, obviously, because that's what you do. And Barney is now like getting, maybe he's dreaming about it too. And this is what's happening. Um, But Barney really disagreed with this. And his whole point, was that Betty, yeah, she was having these dreams, but these dreams were occurring after the event had happened. So the dreams are almost like she's convinced herself that she's been abducted by aliens, and now she's dreaming that she was abducted and and getting probed. Um, And he also disagreed on the fact that, like, the details that he remembered from that night were a little bit different than what Betty was claiming. Um, after a few different accounts uh, of this incident were published in various newspapers and magazines, uh, psychiatrists who looked into this believe that the Hills had just hallucinated this entire event because 
guess what, you guys? They were stressed about being an interracial couple in the 1960s. Oh, 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 look at that. That's that's why I made the KKK joke a little bit earlier. It wasn't really a joke, but um, Barney was a black man. Betty was a white woman. Um, and I and I purposely withheld that information at the start because I wanted you to be completely unbiased as you listen to this story. Just a fun little social experiment because you probably thought that they were both just this weird white couple. Um, but no, Barney is a black dude. And for some reason... I don't know, for some reason, having it happen to a black guy makes it seem a little bit more real, you know, like, like black people, especially in the 1960s, they had a lot going on, right? They had a lot to worry about getting abducted by aliens had had to be, and probably still today has to be so low on their list that it's not even going to enter into their consciousness as a thing that they should also be worried about. Like aliens, ghosts, whatever. Like when you meet a black person who who steadfastly believes in those things and is like, yeah, man, I've had some experiences. Like you got to really start to consider that it's real. Because like, I, yeah, it's just, it's tough for black people out there. And then you're going to throw ghosts and aliens on top of that. Like maybe there's something to it, you know? Um, but Again, like, especially in the 1960s, all the civil rights stuff is going on. Even like up in New England, it's probably still pretty hard as progressive as those places are. Um, and Betty, like, she completely disagreed with this psychiat- these psychiatrists' uh, assertions um, because they had actually really never had any problems with discrimination among their friends and family. Um, and then that was kind of it. You know, Barney ended up dying of a brain hemorrhage. Uh, a few years later, on February 25th, 1969, Betty went on to live for a really long time. She died on October 17th, 2004, but neither of them were ever really able to fully understand what happened that night, and no one else has come forward, no one else seems to have witnessed it, and no one else has a better explanation other than aliens. So what do you think, listener? Was it aliens? Did they make up this whole thing for attention? Um, that oddly, that wasn't like that wasn't part of the the whole. Like no one really ever came out outright and was just like, "Yeah, no, these people are full of crap." Like it was always like some other explanation. Um, it's also weird that like yeah, it's I mean look, it was the middle of the night. It's out in a rural part of New Hampshire. Um, super dark out there, not a lot of people around. So like maybe no one else saw it, but I mean, they were in, they were at least in a small town when they saw the light initially, like you'd think other people would have reported seeing that light, but nothing. Um, you know, was it some secret, uh, aircraft test by peace air force base and like some rogue soldiers were just like creeping on them and, and freaking people out. Like I can see that happening. Like the 1960s, especially the military. If you look at military history, there was, there was just so much sketchy behavior between like the CIA and the military. It was just it, like, it was, 
a bunch of untrained monkeys running a fortune 500 business. Like they're like America is just dropping nukes on itself. It's, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, and there's all of these secret covert CIA, uh, you know, missions. There's all of these other secret projects that we'll cover later. I mean, like, we'll, we'll jump into this, you know, we'll have a whole episode dedicated to this, but like they were outfitting cats with spy gear. They were trying to put radioactive paint on foxes to freak out the Japanese. They were trying to uh, poison, for lack of a better term, Hitler's food with estrogen so that he would like start transitioning into a female. Like just a bunch of insane plots that like you would otherwise like think of in a, like an Austin Powers movie. But so that that's why there's all of this kind of speculation I think around. Um, these UFO sightings in, but there was also just a lot of them going on in the sixties. And logically I've, I've kind of come to think that like a lot of people were incredibly stressed because it's the cold war. Um, There's this, this heightened fear that Russia is going to nuke everything and everyone's freaking out about it. But then also, maybe it was aliens visiting, you know, like the, the general theme, especially when you, when you study a lot of these alien abduction stories is that the aliens message is to chill out with all of this nuclear stuff because you're going to destroy yourselves. We've seen it happen before. And lot like, I mean, honestly, like common sense says, okay, well that's just made up. That's just people with an agenda who disagreed with the nuclear stuff or whatever. But also like once all the nuclear stuff calmed down, like you don't hear that many stories about alien abduction anymore. It was mostly, you know, in the fifties, sixties and seventies when all of that was like at a really heightened state and all of the like insane nuclear testing was going on. And then once it kind of really got regulated and, and controlled, yeah, you started to see a lot of these sightings and abduction stories stopping, you know, and you'll get a smattering of UFO uh, sightings, you know, every year. But I mean, like earlier this year, I mean, the the government released like all of this footage and they were just like, yeah, we don't know what it is. So who knows? You know, I um, I'm not I'm still not at the point yet where I think it truly was an alien abduction. Um I don't know what it was. Maybe they fell asleep at the wheel and just got lucky. Who knows? Um, Maybe they just completely misunderstood. I don't know. I don't have a good explanation for it, but I don't believe it was aliens because I think the universe is just so massive and the way that it operates in, in space and time you know, even if there is a, a super intelligent civilization, they, I don't think they would have been able to get here. I don't think intergalactic travel is remotely possible. So maybe, I mean, maybe they came from another part of the galaxy, who knows? But um, I, I do think that each galaxy has like its own like intelligent life. Um, but, 
I also just, I, I don't know. I don't know if anything else exists in the Milky Way or not. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's fun to think about, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is just an interesting story. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Figure out, you know, think what you want. I mean, whatever. If you think it was totally aliens probing butts and stuff, like that's totally fine. I can't fight you on it. You know, you've got probably logical reasons why you think that. And that's totally cool. And that's why we all exist together, man. All right. So let's wrap it up and see what we learned today. What did we learn? Number one, uh, Barney and Betty Hill, interracial couple in New Hampshire in the 1960s. Was that a factor in their alien abduction story or does it matter at all? That's for, for you to decide, I guess. Uh, number two, they there's literally a three hour period that they cannot account for. Um, they have no idea what it was. They think uh, that aliens kind of drugged them, I guess, and probed them and then plopped them back in their car 35 miles down the road. Who knows? Uh, and then number three, like psychiatrists and hypnotists and all of that studied them. They came up to their own conclusions, but no one could really agree exactly on what happened on that night. Next week on our weird world, we are going to kick off 2022 with the story of the giggling granny. Nanny Doss, um, just a evil old lady um, who, look, she killed some people. All right. We're going to look at another female serial killer. Um, not as, uh, I, I will say, it's not as insane as Belle Gunnis, um, but it's a fun story. Nonetheless, you'll understand why she was called the Giggling Granny. So um going to start off 22, uh, 2022 strong uh, and getting real close to the 100th episode where I get completely hammered. So uh, that's going to be fun. I can't wait for that. And yeah, that's going to do it. Thank you all for listening. Keep telling all your friends. Make, make, here you go. Make telling your friends your new <laughs> about this show, your New Year's resolution, all right? Or encourage other people that this show should be their New Year's resolution. That's harmless. You can do that, probably. All right, thanks. Keep it weird.